Welcome to episode 78 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, I sell books, and am a student. I'm Annie Jones, the owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. We are recording a very quick intro in Annie's office for a very special episode that we recorded a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we got to meet with Audible Discernment, a podcast based in Albany, Georgia. Um, We all met at my house a couple of Fridays ago and recorded a really fun conversation about music and books, and I was super anxious about it, but then realized that was dumb because they were delightful. Because they were delightful. So just a couple notes. It is a different format than our normal podcast. It's about twice the length. It's an hour long. Um... And it's way, I mean, we say we're a conversation, but this is really a conversation. It's it's actually just a conversation of five people talking. Um, (laughs) And we do, we try to do our normal questions and stuff, and they try to do their normal stuff. But this is a very special episode, a crossover, if you will. It's going to be the same audio posted on their podcast, so go check them out. They're called Audible Discernment, excuse me. Um, We'll put a link in the show notes. And we will. Um, Hope you enjoy listening. too and then just edit it so that it sounds like it's different <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> it's hard to come up with like quick witty short things to put in the beginning that catch your attention it really that's is that's when we started pressing record when kind of people... the moment we sit down yeah and then we just it requires a little bit more editing yeah and when it's just us sometimes we forget and then we're sitting here and i will say something and then you will say something funny and then we'll have to like Reenact it. Oh, super, <laughs> super authentic. We've lost, we've lost a portion before. The <laughs> episode you listened right. to last like 20 minutes. I said, now look, I'm going to talk about Kenny Chesney again, all right? You have to act like it's the greatest <laughs> like thing ever. Right? Well, with my sister, the whole, the whole, the whole last, last like, part. 15, 20 oh, minutes hilarious. was completely re-recorded, but much, but much more abbreviated. It was, it's so much, yeah. Yeah, the second time through is always better. It's yeah. like, so. Anyway. Sure. All right. <laughs> um, you want to ask? Our questions are to talk about. Pop. Well, I mean, let's yeah. let's just chat about stuff. Yeah. That's what we're here for, right? Yeah. All right. So we want to talk <laughs> about podcasting first, I think, because you guys said you're kind of new to the game, but we're we're also we're still new to we're the also game. very <laughs> new to the game. Um. So why why did you start a podcast? Oh man, our our group message was uh, just too annoying. It was too distracting yeah. at work. <laughs> <laughs> We decided that we probably needed to. We just had amazing conversations. We're like, everyone should hear us talk about this. Stuff. <laughs> it was it was after Trey hosted a, a concert by a band called the Great Peacock or Great Peacock, Peacock. Peacock, just Great, not the Dolls, Robbie. But, uh, <laughs> great Peacock, and um, we're it was the day after we're sitting outside in his uh, um, in backyard talking, and every time we get together, we're always talking music. We've been playing this game called Album of the Month for four years now yeah. that I came up with. And it's just like, all we do is talk about music. I said, why don't we just throw a microphone down and record the stuff? Because usually it is hilarious. Now, as you know from podcasting, once you turn a microphone on, it's so true. That's correct. We have found that to be the case. I feel like we're hilarious one-on-one. Yeah. If you can hear our conversations, when the mic's not going, you would love us. If you hit record in the beginning, like you said, where you're like, sometimes you forget 
that's always when the funny's in. Sometimes well, it's no, fun. Jason will do it and sneak off. I'm going to the bathroom real fast. And he'll turn it on. Like, <laughs> one time he got Robbie and I singing Frank Sinatra together. Yeah. And then we put it in the outro. <laughs> <laughs> that's technique, Jason. Every, every time I have headphones on, they're always like, yeah, we're, are, are you recording yet? Have you pressed record? They're like, like uh, I need to know, so I'm not going to say this statement. <laughs> Which doesn't happen very often. We did that today. We, yeah, we did that just today. Uh, <laughs> things that like, even if we edit this out, I don't want a Still record risky. of the thing that I'm going Still to say. Risky. Sorry, what NSA. I mean, what made you want to start? So, ours started, so I took over the bookshelf from Katie Chastain. Um, and Katie is just an idea person. Super entrepreneurial hints the bookshelf and then I have just kind of gotten to carry the torch and she thought the bookshelf should have a podcast and what was funny about that was then she was on the podcast for several episodes and then she was out like <laughs> she was done and um just because she loves to truly she would tell you like she loves to start things um just really entrepreneurial spirit but then she was ready to move on to her next thing and then I was like great now I have to do this podcast by myself and I did it by for myself for a long time a long time yeah um a year plus right yeah which was fine but often when I was doing like we do reading recaps at the end of every month and I was recording them alone <laughs> it just felt right. so dumb uh, but people like them right. um to be fair people liked them and at our staff meetings you would ask us like okay guys does anybody have ideas for the podcast yeah because <laughs> I was running it like you know you get well you get to a point where it's just like what can we talk about and I was trying to interview different people because I didn't like recording by myself and also listen to podcasts no one records by themselves what a right. dumb what a dumb idea <laughs> so, so anyway chris has been working at the bookshelf for a year uh-huh. and year plus. um anyway i kind of hinted i was like so do you have any ideas for the podcast and he kind of said some things and finally i was like really do you just want to co-host it and i was like, like yeah <laughs> okay i'll do that um but it's a perfect outlet i mean so it's great I guess it's great for business. I don't really know. But it's fun to talk about books and the things that we talk about in the store. And now we get to share it with a bigger audience. Um, yeah, we've gotten similar feedback about music where people are kind of like, y'all kind of giving me a reason to go search for new music or look yeah. this kind of right. stuff up. Or they'll pick teens. Pick, yeah, team Trey, team Robbie. Of like, oh, which yeah. ones of you have, you have correct yeah, opinions. Yeah, I get that. Which, yeah. which ones they get along with the most or whatever, share opinions with. Um, now, which one was the Radiohead Dissenter? Probably me, I think. It was mm. Trey. Yeah. No, I, it was It was Trey Dissenter. Mm. Why do you, you're... I'm a Radiohead fan. See? What um, do you think of the new album? I love the new album. Thanks. In fact, I listened to it again last night to make sure that I had... That I had new opinions. Jason's <laughs> just quiet. Jason, when we record the episode, you're like, yeah, no, I feel you on Radiohead. <laughs> and then when somebody's like, you don't like Radiohead? Yeah, but no, I get it. I mean, I think there is a... You guys were talking, and I didn't get to finish the episode, but you guys were talking about, like, if it's a, like a, like a spatial thing, like a geographical thing, where the South is not a place for Radiohead fans, really. Yeah. But I'm, it. but I'm yeah. not from the South. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so that probably makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. I am, I'm but, a fan. But it's fine. They released both albums we talked about. We talked about In Rainbow, and said, that was one that was kind of, to me, kind of oh, crossed the threshold and got... I think had a bigger pull than yeah. the others. They finally released it on Spotify along with Right. And that one Moon. that one took me a long time to get into, honestly. Um I didn't like it immediately. Ramoon Shape Pool I did. Partially because the last track is um True Love Waits and the only recording they've released of that ever was on their live album. I might be wrong. Um and it's a completely different recording. So yeah. to hear it from this acoustic tom 
Tom York solo, really kind of plaintive love song on that recording into Moonshade Pool version with this like bizarre layered piano tracks and, and weird sounds in the background. Completely different song. It was great for me for that reason. And maybe that's the only reason. I think a lot of fans of this <laughs> album have said that we've been waiting for these songs to be So many of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. What are you listening to nowadays, Annie? Uh, so, that, I told Chris this morning, I was like, we're going to go on this music podcast, and I just, I just like books. <laughs> um, and even last night, I was asking my husband, I was like, I was supposed to tell him what music I've been listening to. What do you think I've been listening to? Uh, and so, th- the truth is, so I sent you yeah. the album I've been listening to the most, which is The Head and the Heart, because they've got a new one coming out in September. So, um, and I, Jordan and I, on Sunday afternoons, um, so we'll go into Tallahassee, and then we will drive back roads in the afternoon, like, if it's a pretty day. And I think The Head and the Heart is the perfect soundtrack for, like, oh, driving yeah. back roads. And so that's what I frequently listen to. Um, however, since you mentioned Kenny Chesney and country music, we do play this game now, because we, Jordan and I realized we grew up in, on 90s, early 2000s country music. Oh, yeah. And so we found this Spotify playlist, too. and we put it on <laughs> shuffle, and we try to see who can guess the artist and the song the quickest. So that's another thing we've been doing lately. Something about summertime makes you nostalgic for I was like, thinking about music. Jody Messina this morning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was my first ever concert. Wow. Messina. Mine was the Dixie yes. Chicks. What? Oh, that's yeah. way better. That's 2002 post Bush comments, Dixie oh, Chicks. Wow. It was great. I <laughs> want tickets to the Dixie Chicks so bad. And I was waiting they were for my, so good. I was waiting for my Ticketmaster voucher to come through, but <laughs> the, the Dixie Chicks will not accept my vouchers. Oh, no. My Ticketmaster voucher. Mine was Air Supply. Did you go yeah, with your probably. parents? Yes, it was twelve. Chicks, that's adorable. <laughs> I went to see Jodie Messina and Rascal Flats was the intro band oh, at wow. the time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I have opinions. That's okay, but that's he threw right, me his sure. guitar pick, so I will take it. <laughs> <laughs> that was exciting. There's something about catching. Yeah, catching. that was a big deal. I was like 14 years old. And okay. I was like, oh, look at this. Yeah, it was awesome. Still got it. I'm just kidding. I don't know where it is. (laughs) 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 That's good. I'm glad you were weirdly thinking about Jodie Messina too. Yeah. Well, I was in a group text with friends, and they brought up that that um, Toby Keith song, "Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue." (laughs) Oh God! Classic. (laughs) Classic. That classic of American literature. (laughs) And I was thinking about like one time this kid that lived in my street did something I didn't like and I rewrote the lyrics of Jody Messina's Burn to be about bad things happening to this kid on my street when I was 11, 12. Um, that is some angry white kid right <laughs> Well, I'm going to rewrite a song. And doesn't no, this no, make I'm sense? Because, <laughs> yeah, not just any Because the album I sent you guys was Bright Eyes, so like, angry white kid. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. The communication in this group and this side of the <laughs> border is so terrible. I know. I did say head and the heart, but you I, did say head and the heart. We I didn't know how you felt about Connor. I'm a huge like lyrical songwriter fan. Then we're gonna get along Bright just fine. Dylan yeah. Bright Eyes are my tops of all time. Oh okay. Well, but I don't listen to that. Dylan after 1970. I'm so sorry. what's your favorite Bright Eyes album? I, that's so hard for me to decide. Um, Lifted is probably the most perfect. Um, but I also really love Casadega. I feel like Casadega has grown with me more than any of the other ones have. That's my favorite. Um, it is probably my favorite, if you ask me my favorite. Um, but it's hard for me to choose. 
So What's gonna... he up to nowadays? Is he still? Yeah, he's that? he's touring with Desperados right now. Um, they came through Tallahassee about two years ago. Yeah, he he toured. Dolls was his backing band for like I don't know how long. I don't know if it was one tour. I don't know. On, that, on the album he did. The solo one from two years ago, one, yeah, which is really good. It's awesome. It's like Americana, like not so much as the whispery, folky stuff. He was yeah. doing like folk rock. Talk about angry white boy. That's that's how we brought this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> so y'all, I'm getting a little off subject. So you've been podcasting now. Y'all are y'all are seventy plus. Seventy yeah. plus. I think we've recorded seventy eight. We've that's recorded seventy eight. Today we recorded episode seventy six. We do record out of order. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, only because now we I know how to edit things, which yeah. I did not know how to do. But see, they were one-take wonders for the first a year, two years. Oh. They, yeah, I, did, I didn't did edit at all. Did editing come in with me? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, yeah, you taught me how to edit. Oh, You taught well. me how to delete things. Thanks. All right. <laughs> um, so, let me, yeah. Let me just say, starting a podcast, and y'all can probably, you probably attest to this, it's one thing to hit record. It's another thing when you sit down after the show's over and start editing. Oh, yeah. That's the most intimidating, totally. scary thing And it takes ever. longer than you think. I mean... It'll take as long to edit as it did to record. Yeah, and then you've got to listen to your obnoxious voice the oh, whole time. Or that's the worst part, right? Obnoxious voice. Right? <laughs> it's two minutes for every minute, uh, yeah, for editing, and that's yeah, that's daunting, especially if something's not quite right. It's got to be about five for us though, because <laughs> the stuff we say sometimes. Well, and well I, we don't even edit big time. Like, I mean, you have taught me how to fade some things in and out, but before, really, I was just taking out. Oh, I can delete this segment and it not be noticeable. <laughs> like that's that's all right. I really know how to do. And I would even leave some of the foibles in that I know that you take out because I, I think they're charming and fun. Oh. Um, but Last week, Robbie impersonated a robot. Trayvon. He didn't show up man. again, so... I, I was... It's not like I didn't show up. Like, we did... Trey's we, not we, real. Like I told you, I was... Nobody's going to nobody's gonna think the Trayvon's real now. You just yeah. Really anyway, go back and listen to the last five <laughs> oh, minutes sorry. of the last episode. And That's why Trayvon takes, showed up. That's why it takes <laughs> ten minutes to edit for the one minute. Yeah. But what do you guys do normally? Like, you're not podcasters. <laughs> when you're not podcasting. Yeah, when you're not oh, podcasting, what do you do? Life. Go ahead, yes. Uh, I'm in sales. I came from a retail background. Okay. Uh, from grocery store to hardware store. Um, so I'm in the building materials industry. Okay. Yeah, just sales. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've been a literature teacher for 10 years. Amazing. And my... Um, contract just in on the 23rd i've retired as a teacher look at you moved on up to the sunny side of librarian so <laughs> how fun yeah, oh, so, says and, the bookseller so what a dream I know, <laughs> I know it's kind of fun i mean i've surrounded myself with books all my life and then now being in a library it really is almost hard to get stuff done because <laughs> as you're walking down the aisles you're stopping every five feet going oh i need to oh, read that this is free i can just try this <laughs> You know, why not try this author? You know what I mean? Welcome to our so, world. To minus world. the whole this is free part. Yeah, yeah. To minus the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. And <laughs> but it does lead to it does lead to me going, I've bought more books in the past three weeks than I've probably bought all year. Because now you see so many, Because right? I see so much. I'm, you know, adding them to my Goodreads list and those kind of things. So, yeah. 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 And then I'm a graphic designer and a returning college student. <laughs> did you do your logo, the podcast logo? I did. It looks good. Yeah, we like your logo. Yeah, I sent him. I was nice. like, oh no, their audio quality and their logo are oh, so no. good. But content. <laughs> we make up. We're trying to make up for I'm shining on the outside. <laughs> We're so new that this is all we have. These are for you guys. Oh, oh fun. Look at this. We get swag. What? 
Oh, I'm into that. UV resistance. We need swag. From the front porch swag. <laughs> like a portable front porch for every listener. I think that's what the podcast is. Yeah, so they can take a porch with them. Swings. Oh, now we're on yes. something. I'm into this. <laughs> with a book. Yeah. A porch, a porch swing made out of a book. <laughs> Done. You get on that. Okay. <laughs> what if it's a front porch swing where the, the seat part of it is pages? Open and out. I'm into it. I'm yeah. into it. All right, we're, we're rolling with this. We're gonna, the whole thing we're gonna keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, just end it. <laughs> the booby trap box. So when you open it, it just ignites. Um, so no, I gotta be honest. We came here. Honest, we were really excited this. to talk about books. Yeah, let's talk well, about books. Yeah, Robbie and I. We talk about music we, all the time, and we love to hear what other people are listening to. Yeah, and, yeah man. And, and give recommendations and all we that. bonded first about music, then about books. Yeah, we even we did a a, a book club for an English major. one month. I have an English degree. He's an English major, yeah. and then Jason just reads everything. I just read it, it, different no. different things. You have like the history of nineteen eighties Honda company in the back seat. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the most random, most esoteric. We almost think that we were like, should we start a separate podcast called Literal Discernment? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and food, edible discernment. I mean, the possibilities oh, are in it. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> so, but yeah, we did a we did a book club for one month. Yeah, and then that's it. What do we read? Didn't last. I don't know, but we're always like talking books. So. Yeah. Well, this is one of the questions we ask on our podcast. What are you reading right now? Yeah, go ahead, guys. Uh, I, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, I am reading. I was I was so prepared for this. I feel like they're going to sound very. No, we're yeah, ready. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy Allison's uh, Bastard Out of Carolina. Okay. Um, I, I always heard. Uh, I've heard that it was a Southern must read. Um, anyhow, they didn't have the book I was looking for um, <laughs> at the library uh, is where I got it from. Uh, so I checked it out, and I'm three chapters in, so I can't say much. But uh, it's a little depressing, uh, but mm. it's about... Sounds uh, like Virginian dirt poor, she's born... They call her Bone, which kind of reminds me of Scout. Out of uh, yeah. you know, it's it's yeah. kind of a cool nickname, uh, because when she was born, she was no bigger than a knuckle bone. So, yeah. but it's it's a great thing. Every one of her uncles, all the men in the family are drunks. Uh, the one, anyhow, they literally can't. Her grand, her grandmother and aunt couldn't spell to get her name right, and so she's basically a uh, a bastard of the state. And that's a chapter in. <laughs> so yeah. really light. It can only go up from there. Dietrich. <laughs> For some reason, we're all oddly drawn to this book now. I don't know if it's a genetic thing. We're like, I gotta read this. <laughs> Makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah. Be about my mom. Yeah. Try. I think we were, go- I thought we were going in the line. Okay. Um, I you wrote yours down? Somebody's got notes. I, uh, <laughs> I always have a notebook of like, random stuff. Um, oh, I didn't want to forget the author was mainly the reason I wrote it down. <laughs> Hamilton Jordan's A Boy from Georgia. Oh, yeah. We're from Albany, and I've lived there for almost 20 years, I guess now. And um, his daughter came and did a book signing for us oh, for that book. Oh, cool! Yeah, I really, I liked it. And Jason, Jason read it too, about the same time. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about it, and I don't know if I liked it so much because I'm from Albany, and it's all centered around Albany. So like, you're reading about like, and they had an old Billy Bob store. No, I know where that is. So <laughs> I don't know. If that's what makes it so good. Um, I was a little disappointed because I thought it would deal with. Um, more of racial tensions like he would go he spent a lot of time on like growing up like being like seven uh, you know, yeah and not as much the less it ends kind of, did, y'all, did y'all read it no well it ends a little abruptly uh because yeah. he, like, he passes yeah he uh, and his children uh finish it up for him uh post-mortem and whenever 
they uh, it's really cool because he's describing Albany and he's describing it as somebody when it was first built. This is like before the the roads plural that lead to my high school were even paved. Yeah. And you walk through pecan orchards. And the floods. I mean this was Yeah. So it was really cool, yeah. And he talks about uh, you know, pine avenues and things that are really, really uh special to us and that we know and uh about Phoebe or Palmyra or whatever hospital was actually mm-hmm. around back then. Um, it is neat. Yeah, I don't know. I, I could I could hear the southern voice. I could tell that it was somebody from Albany that moved past, like somebody that had a change of mind. I'm not saying liberal, yeah. but when back in the day when democratic meant something different, uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, I mean, if you listen to the band Alabama, Daddy was a rich man, a southern democrat, yeah. y'all a teacher, um, whatever, yeah. teacher, rich yeah. man, something like that. Anyhow, that's the the youth that he had. And it's a good mm-hmm. book. I read it at the beach, which is a weird beach tree. That <laughs> is a weird beach tree. Sand and all the pages. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I, I did. I did wonder if if like it would have taken place in some other random southern city if I would have liked it as much. I think because he had such a prolific career afterwards that yeah. I, don't know, I think I think it yeah. would have still been interesting to a point. But I could have cared less about the politics. Mm-hmm. I was glad he didn't dwell on. I was glad he just kind of talked about growing up. And but he had he had a good bit of music in him. He sounded like a, just a normal. Yeah. Albany partier that had you know that made things work <laughs> like it was, it was kind of cool. Um, good book. What about you, Robbie? Well, usually I'm a middle school teacher. I was now was a middle school teacher, so I'm usually reading some kind of teen something to stay on top and recommend, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know something dystopian with a female protagonist that's such an introvert. You know, so, <laughs> it's nice to get out of that. Uh, so I went. I just uh, dove into. For some reason, you have those books that you just—they're just nagging at you that you want to finish yeah. the series. Just one of those. I'm the biggest like fantasy Tolkien nerd and stuff in the mm. world, and and um, I was going back through Lord of the Rings for the third or fourth time now, and then just this Stephen King Dark Tower thing has been nagging at me. me so too. I jumped back in, and I don't even like Stephen King. I don't that either. Much, but it's just like every there's just that if you go read the reviews. Everybody's like, oh, this is his magnum opus. This is, if you read King, do this. I'm on book four now. And okay. it has been a slog. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to, and every, I can't tell you how many times I've put this down. So I finished book three two days ago, about 100 pages into book four. And I still want to put it down, but I still want to see what it's about. Like, yeah. what is going on? It's so You're a book four, you don't know what it's about. Well, he's trying That's to find the dark tower. <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of these weird, like, uh, it's another world <laughs> called Midworld, kind of like um, Tolkien's mm-hmm. world. But at the same time, well, there's a down plane with a Nazi symbol, World War II plane. And they just went to Topeka, Kansas. I have no clue what's going on. But it's that kind of, you're so intrigued that you I, I was about to say, is that why you keep going? It's like watching Lost. You're like, uh, halfway okay. through Lost, you're like, I give up. But then yeah. you got to watch the But you have to watch it to on. see if yeah. one day yeah. you can figure out what it is. Now, I will say, I did this for Annie, because I have, I have an English degree. It's shame on me. I've never read Pride and Prejudice. So, oh. okay. and I don't know if this gets brought up in your show a lot, so it, I'll just it, say. It does. It does. <laughs> one of our questions is, what is a classic you've never read but wish you had? Oh, this would definitely be mine. <laughs> because there's a, a guy named Joseph Pierce. He's an academic, a British academic that everybody just love. And he's a huge, he, he writes a lot about G.K. Chesterton, Oscar oh, Wilde, yeah. and those kind of guys. Chesterton would be my favorite, probably my favorite author next to Flannery. Mm-hmm. And, um, but anyway, he said the number two novel of all time is Pride and Prejudice. So I was like, if this guy's saying it, I have to check it out. And I read about 100 pages up before we what got do you think? here. And, and let me tell you what this book's missing. <laughs> 
Hit me. The second, second greatest book of all time. about this book. The second greatest book of all time. What was the first great? What was the greatest book? Lord of the Rings was voted the greatest book of the okay. 20th century, right? By yeah. old British guy. Okay. No, no, no. That's, this was the general public. They, they gave it to the academics and they were voting all their willy-nilly stuff. And, and then they gave it to the general public. The general public was like, oh, you know, Lord of the Rings. That's I love Lord of the Rings, but I would not public. rank it as best of the 20th century. Could have been worse. One of my oh, favorites. Not one of the best. Anyway. Anyway. No, no, well, I love to say, but, but Pride and Prejudice came in number two on all the polls, all okay. these British okay. polls, and it was, it was in the 1990, we're going to the millennium, what was the greatest, you know, okay. of the sure. 20th century? Okay. So, uh, Pride and Prejudice, what is needed, and I used to tell my students this when they would have to read, like, um, Great Expectations or something like that, it's like, here's what the Victorian romantic right. types, even though Austen kind of, she's a little before, she kind of, you know, yeah, she's 1790s, first, really. So, um, they need a Southern voice. <laughs> and if you, I'm serious. If you um, go back and read, you know, like, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It all makes sense. The British accent and the southern accent works so well. So to, it is a truth There's a universally for that. acknowledged. It is so it, an audiobook of Pride and Prejudice. An audiobook in a Savannah in a, accent. In a southern draw. I do think there are certainly well. ties. To, I mean, when you read Pride and Prejudice, you could you could set it in the South. You could, I think. but just imagine it written by Faulkner, or don't. <laughs> or, yeah. But there is that kind of uh, it. It has some of those that Southern charm to it, where this kind of high society. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're gonna sit and talk about everybody. Yeah. And, about everybody's character. The only difference in a southern book, all the ladies would have guns in their purses, right? <laughs> I think that's the only difference there. You should do an audiobook of you rereading yeah. Pride yeah. and Prejudice. Classics. That would go great. I would listen to it. Yeah. It really does work. I've had I've, I've really recommended this to students to get try to get through like Oliver Twist or something like mm-hmm. that. And they've told me that I've just changed the accent and that the words make in sense their to head. me now. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Huh. So Try it sometime. No, I could totally I see. I, I would think Pride and Prejudice, it, to me, certainly has for sure. southern for sure. elements. It took me, I think I've said this before on the podcast, I wanted to like it so badly and I started it in high school and hated it. And then I read it, I don't know, college or something. And yeah. Then I wound up loving it. So I think that's one of those books, too, that you kind of have to and I, I read it after college. find in the right place, mm-hmm. too. So maybe it's better that you waited so long. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know that I'll finish it just because there's only so much character study I can take. <laughs> I mean, these, they just sit around and bash every... I mean, they're just... Yeah. That's what's character. great. <laughs> he won't even talk to people. I he think we like it advance. because the personalities in that book... Remind us of ourselves. Are us. Uh, we are vain. Yeah. I am very much Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, really? I am Mr. Darcy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. super weird. It's, um, <laughs> it's I'm definitely thing. their daddy. <laughs> yeah, just surprising everybody. Oh yeah, I already talked to him. <gasps> you did. <laughs> yeah, I, I went and met with him already. You girls have fun. So, do you guys have regret books? Yeah, uh, classics you've never uh, read. Mine, mine was real. Mine is. Uh, what's this? I was just thinking. I was like, I can't think of the last four books I've read. If I tried to put any more southern. Yeah. It would be Kevin Spacey's Midnight Garden. Terrible southern. Mine was. Um, I can't get you told me before. Carson Carson Bell was the heart. It's a holy, lonely winter. Carson Bell, yeah, it's right there. Um, yeah, just well, but in the beginning, and I've read some reviews. Is the reason I've always been a little standoffish with yeah. it. Um, that is very depressing. <laughs> but based in Georgia, has a music 
theme in it with somebody that's mutant and yeah and I've just I, I know it's a book that I should that I've, I've read that I should read mm-hmm. um, however I've not gotten to it that's one that I, I feel like you we talked about it and said you bring that up it's the book that every southerner tries that every southerner should read right but none of them have right oh interesting yeah. so not for me that's a did you read it from no I ain't read <laughs> so mine um, Robbie and I we it's where we are a lot alike but on the things that we disagree on we are polar mm-hmm. opposites polar, like, I'm his dad basically we, we, uh, I wouldn't like, say it like that but okay <laughs> I, no we, we've said that you know you could be my son we're so alike in certain areas but we disagree dad Neil Young is great no except for it's backwards <clears throat> I take on the voice of the stereotypical dad so oh, Neil Young true. is better than that is true. Jack Johnson stuff yeah that's true well, that's, okay. that's just true <laughs> I have my hands in a big position Chris I know we're wearing the same stuff so that's where it is <laughs> so anyway um, saying that say Robbie loves fantasy and um, everything British and I am a huge like I love the American moderns would be like Hemingway, Steinbeck, any anything like that. But I got you into Civil War history stuff. You did, yeah. Which is very, very, very American. That one book we read. And anyway, yeah, okay. Sorry. So the one that I always say I'm going to read, um, and that I never have is Infinite Jest. They possibly. Oh, we. I know that that is this. like way off of where where I was going, but. Um, I own it. It's sitting on my bookshelf, and I stare at it because it's like nine inches thick. It's yeah. taunting you. Yeah. It's, it's one you have to just do just not and ready. make yourself do because if you start reading it and put it down, you will not finish. Yeah. Um, so I just marathoned it. Oh, you, so you've read, wow. Yeah. No, I finished it. Well, and that's the thing. Like, a friend read it in like an obscenely short amount of time, and I was trying to beat him, <laughs> and I ended up tying him, and it was it made me mad. But I was talking about it with an author last weekend about how like and I'll admit to this like we read it to say that we've read it oh yeah um there I'm really glad that I've read it I think it's great would I read it again no well see I like I mean (laughs) I love his writing I have like the Consider the Lobster Uh all the collected essays and stuff but that's the one I haven't tackled he's great I wonder if you're recent postmodernism I know how much you like this is Uh, where we differ I read what I can't get through yeah you put it down. I'm done. That's yeah. why I can't. The, since I've owned the bookshelf, I do have to put books down. I used to just power through because I like to check things off my list, and I would be like, "Okay, I need to finish this." Mm-hmm. But there are so many books in the world like that you now it's just still haven't finished. Visit from the Goon Squad. It's on my nightstand. Listen, I, I've I, been reading it for like three months. It's because <laughs> then we get all the then all the new books come. That's what's really hard. That sounds like torture. That well, that's what's really hard is we get in so many advanced reader copies, galleys that I feel like I have to read what's new or sometimes I'll tell I'll tell the staff all the time if they've read a book then I feel like why should I read it because they already know about it and they can talk about it I should go read something else um and Goldfinch is one that I wish I had read and I haven't read it yet um I I mean so much so that a customer bought me a copy like he found a hardback copy and brought it to me so that I would read it and I will 
But it just feels like that's a couple years old now, <laughs> right. and I need to read the next. And both of us fiction. are so comfortable with like the secret history that yeah, we don't. Yeah, that I feel like we don't oh, need to. Yeah, and there is like if you kind of feel like well, I missed that train. Like yeah, well, right, I don't know right. that it's too late. <laughs> too I think in the world of audiobooks and Goodreads, and when I was a kid, it was just Cliff Notes. That's all you had. Oh, sure. Yellow and black. But, yeah. But I like for somebody to tell me what a book was about. I'd rather sit there and listen to you tell me and go great. And you know, like if if it's yeah. something that's gonna. Bring a movie on, maybe, but yeah. Like, why would you? Why would you finish eating a terrible hamburger? You, know, you can order <laughs> so another true. one, or you can just walk out. And so many, like with the Dark Tower, they announced the movie. Matthew McConaughey is going to be in the movie and all right. that. I want to like before by. it starts to get everywhere. I want to just get through it. You know, I'm that guy. There. I've been thinking about listening to it. People tell me the audiobooks. Well, are Frank Muller read, reads the first four, right, and then, and then he, he dies, away. right. And so I can't remember uh, one of the big ones re- takes over for five through seven. So. Um, yeah. It's good though. I mean, the the audio definitely is the way to go. Do you I'm do audio books? Occasionally, I've been on such a podcast kick for the last mm-hmm. year plus that I haven't done. This any, is what we talked about on the podcast a lot: is I can't do audiobooks, but I can listen to podcasts for hours. But I right. can't do audiobooks. We have talked about this about yeah. how I'm much better at listening to nonfiction than I am to fiction. If I have to follow a plot, oh, I often get lost. Yeah. But okay. if I'm just listening to people talk. That's like a podcast. Right. I listen to inspirational stuff, self-help. Those yeah. are easy. Yeah. Sure. Like you can kind of check it off the bookmark it. But yeah. well, how does, this is a question for you guys. How does, how do audiobooks tie into your business? They don't. Is it something that, okay. So, <laughs> they I mean, don't. I know that, but I'm like. Well, you, so here's why. So we would carry, we carried some audiobooks when I very first started. But the truth is, they're so cheap on your phone or through an app. You were carrying like CDs. Or, yeah. We okay. were carrying, Yeah. Or they're free at the library. Like, it just became apparent why. And people are so specific about what audiobooks they want. Right. Um, so it just quickly became apparent there is no need for us to carry these because the ones we're carrying, nobody wants to listen to anyway. So we can special order them for people, which we've done before. And we're happy to do it. But but rarely does that happen because so much now, like even um, Jordan, so my husband commutes to Tallahassee to work. And so he listens to audiobooks, but he listens to them on, um, he doesn't do Audible because that's Amazon. Sponsored, and so we do have our scruples. But he does. Um, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's some app that he listens to. Audiobooks.com. Yeah, audiobooks.com. All those free ones on LibriVox. Yeah, and there, then there are free ones. So it just. I mean, there are other ways. I mean, we say all the time, like Amazon isn't our competition because we can't compete against Amazon. <laughs> no. That's a joke. Um, but audiobooks, they're just. It quickly became apparent that why I can't imagine that you're that the majority of your customers are people that come in going like oh, I kind of want to try that anyhow like I, yeah. I assume that everybody that comes in there wants that tangible yeah you know, exactly it, it becomes a little you know the spine is a picture frame in your house somewhere yeah mm-hmm. for sure so what is the difference um, since y'all have I mean by the way just an amazing bookstore it's really hey, thanks. I mean, how many times have we come in oh, yeah. <laughs> y'all but, are in there a lot yeah, yeah we are and so um, how do you decide like you know your customers are you still stocking the Pattersons and the yes, those, kind of, those types of That's things a great you get to like, curate a little bit yeah well I feel like I'll answer the first part but ironically we've just changed Chris's position a little bit for this very reason yeah, that so, is now my job description <laughs> yeah is inventory awesome. coordinator um, because you do still have to stock the New York Times bestsellers the James Pattersons but what we have found is those don't always sell in hardback except you do get your I, and I could name them for you I could name you the two customers who are going to come in and want the new James Patterson, the new David the new, Yeah, in hardback. Um, but otherwise, 
what I think independent bookstores, like I said, no competition to Amazon, but we what we can do that Amazon cannot do is create a curated shop. Mm-hmm. And so um, Rebecca is our children's manager, and she loves YA books, and we have discovered that young adult books don't sell unless she's read them. They don't sell. They don't sell. Period. period. Y'all, y'all recommended right. shelves. Your employee recommended oh, shelves them. are incredible. Yeah, yeah. Every book awesome. that I bought, except for one from your store, has been off of that. I'm pretty yeah. sure I That's bought one off of your shelf. Okay. The other person I cannot remember it was a girl's name, but it was Ready Player One. Which that I was, was that right. was Rebecca's. Rebecca. Okay, Rebecca. Yeah. Okay. But that's when I got done and listening to your podcast. Went. It's okay to be thirty plus and listen to reading why. It's oh fun. yeah, right. absolutely. They're such easy reads. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is, yeah, I'm a slow. And they're fun that way. In my classroom, uh, in middle school, I, I I did throughout the workbooks, throughout the textbooks, threw them all out. And I did, every kid had to read 40 books a year. Oh, wow. And so I, instead of book reports, I implemented book chats. Mm-hmm. Only talking about books you've read. And this was in the Hunger Games era. Or sure. the mm-hmm. Divergent and that. Yeah. Like, go back to that kind of style. And if I read them and just let them on a little cliffhanger of what it was about, mm-hmm. there would be a wait list for the book. Mm-hmm. People would be coming yep. in. We just went to the bookstore to buy these. It's amazing, just word of mouth with that that age group is awesome. Absolutely. And we found that with our adult customers too. So we carry what kind of you have to carry. Um, but we also, I feel like, do a really good job. Sterling um, is nonfiction and history and politics. And he's so good And at he's that. so good at it. And then Chris is, I think, super literary, also an element of fantasy that I don't mm-hmm. typically do. Um, so that has been really important because the longer... So Chris has been there a year. Rebecca and I have been at the bookstore for three years. The longer I work there, I think the more people trust your taste. And so it took me about a year, I think, for people in Thomasville to realize, oh, this girl from Tallahassee is okay. Like, like she's going to be fine. (laughs) Um, And now I know their taste, too. And so... And we can cater. Absolutely. And so our store looks very different from a bookstore even in Athens um, or Birmingham because our audience is different. Um, And that's what independent bookstores, I think, do really well that Barnes & Noble and Books A Million don't even try to do. Um, They don't have to. Right. Um, But we'll look through catalogs and be like, this looks great for me. We will not be able to sell this in Thomas exactly um, but then we'll get like we'll get one, one copy for the so store that, so the one of us can buy it right one of us can buy it or sometimes like Chris or I might read something that wouldn't normally I forget what I read recently where I was like they're not gonna like this but Chris might like it and we might be able to hand sell it to somebody right. because we liked it like recently I read The Whale um, mm-hmm. which is not a Thomas film friendly book really but I'm really trying to trying my hardest to sell it. it I think I think we've sold two yeah. of the five we had which is pretty good it's only been out for a couple weeks yeah so but that goes back to the power of hand selling a book yeah, right. and which is where the podcast does come in handy but also I joke that one of my favorite things about the bookshelf is mini book club and what I mean right. by that is I mean my own book club is fine but what I really like is when a customer comes in and they've read a book I like and, and we can just, just sit chat. and talk about it. They like come back to report on Annie. Huh. I read that book you recommended, and then we can just talk That's about awesome. it. And that is Man. so fun. I'm thinking we need to open a music store. We need to bring back the music store. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can do what they did for books. <laughs> you can do it. Actually, there's a great um, book. I, Rebecca really loved it, and it was about video video oh, stores. Oh, oh, um, oh, yeah, it's um the last the last video, video. store. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it looks like the ta- the VHS yeah. Yeah, yeah. on the cover. Yeah, yeah. actually. I bought that from your store. That's you. I bought that from your store. Okay. <laughs> that, that was definitely right. on Rebecca's shelf. Rebecca, Rebecca loves that book. Man. And a former books or current bookseller wrote that book because there's really a lot of comparisons between bookstores and video stores. Mm-hmm. And Jordan and I love, there's a video store still in Thomasville. I don't know if there's one in Albany, but we have been stunned that there's still a video store. And we love going there because you can just 
walk through yeah. and browse the movies, which is really fun because you don't. It's right. not the same as scrolling right. through Netflix. I think yeah. a lot about. There's that episode of Seinfeld that's set in the video store where they're like looking at the staff picks. Yeah. That isn't like, oh, you don't want a Vincent. Or Vincent pick is so good, you don't want a Gene pick. He's back. <laughs> and I just think, like, do they do that for our shelves? Oh, I bet they do. I get, <laughs> yeah, you can get insecure about your shelf <laughs> for sure. And oh. mine's, mine's so eclectic that I do worry. Like, somebody's gonna see the one book they really hate. There was some like weird Instagram comment months ago about my shelf that I still think about that's like Chris and I don't read the same things at all but then <laughs> let's talk about the girl who left her picture and phone number on oh. Chris's shelf what? Yeah. Wow. That's, <laughs> that was weird that was true though she left that her picture I guess so that's a throwback I mean that's yeah. not yeah, that's, yeah. there's no digital that's a very right? I mean that's yeah. Forever. That's yeah. It was like a not a Polaroid, but it was some kind like of little... some kind of instant because the photo was taken in the At store. At the store. <laughs> Super. <laughs> I was. If you were in the background, then I'd be weird. I was a little bit. <laughs> I was more than a little bit weirded out. Chris was like, "What is this? Is this what I think it is?" is? And we were like, is? "Yes, it is." As long as it's not in the bathroom outside of the Oh. I think that's the same reason we liked what you're talking about, the tangible aspect that like we'll travel down to Tallahassee to go record shopping. Yeah. yeah. Or to Atlanta and whatever. We've got and one, a small one here too. Yeah, do you ever hear the one shop. here? The, the British guy. Yeah. 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 He's the nice, I bought a Swiss. I love that He's guy. He's so yeah. nice. Yeah. I almost bought like, I've almost dropped like $300. I know. You want to get in his collection. It's like, where did this come from? Oh, I used to live in Manchester or wherever, you know? Like, what? I used to own a store, whatever. There was only two copies with a mistake in Japan. Yeah, <laughs> I've got both of them. They're $1,000 each. No, that guy's great. He's about to really call my wife. I'm like, okay. Well, it's always, I walked in there one day, the first time I ever went in there, and I was like, oh, man, I'm sorry. Like, you're like, you just opening it, like, you're still getting set up. And he's like, no, man, nope. that's how it is. Yeah. I was like, okay. That's it. It's a really good record. Yeah. A big couch in the back. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun. I kind of love that Tom. I don't know. I kind of love that Thomasville has a place like that. Thomasville has all these weird it's things. Like kind of up this, like, it's where if you're not from Thomasville and you're just strolling, you're like, I think one more street over and we're just in neighborhoods. And right. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's a subway and all of a sudden there's a record. That's yeah. exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> That's how I found it. We discovered it. him because there was a bluegrass band playing outside of the store one time. And I mean, Charlie and Jack just pulled over and listened and walked in. And how fun. He started in with his accent and I was like, well, well, one of the other questions that we ask right. is, what is your favorite part about life in the South? Yeah, how long do you have? Uh, You're some, I mean, some to, southern boys. Right after Robbie said, read every book you have in a southern accent. <laughs> I know, for real. I, I could do mine. Mine's real easy. Today I had somebody let me out. Mine's the wave. W-A-V-E. Or if you're, if you're driving through a rural area in the south, everybody puts their hand up. That is so true. Uh, and I don't yeah. know what that is. Um, but the same thing when you're letting somebody out or letting somebody across a lane, you kind of wave your hand like, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and some people look at it. If you're not from the south, you look at it like, are they like shooing me? And you're like, no, I'm just. No, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Jordan makes sense yeah. because so to get my parents live in Tallahassee, but they live Havana and you have to drive through this area called Coon Bottom. That is for real. And we anyway, there's there are these people that just sit outside like they have lawn chairs 
by the road and they literally just, just wave to every person that walks by awesome. or drives by and I love it and Jordan makes fun of me but I'm like no we have to wave to these people because yeah. that's all they're doing out there yeah. today and I think it's fantastic but I've never thought about it well if, if somebody lets you pass and you roll in your window and you kind of give them the wave behind you yeah and I still which is maybe not too much of a throwback but I felt like I was kind of born around here I felt peace on the front the front face of peace though means something that's that's pretty incredible somebody's made your day if you're like you know but that but the behind you man that's a good one that makes people feel good about it like i'm glad i let that guy through. or you yeah. can judge how well you know the person by the amount of fingers they wave with on the steering wheel so you got like the you got the one two we have the two fingers yeah. Uh, the two finger, yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing, the Southern Wave, until I think I was like at 16 or something. My dad's from Buffalo, New York. My grandfather came down, and my dad's name's Irving. And uh, my grandfather came down. We were just driving around some neighborhoods in uh, Albany, and somebody was just out raking his yard, and he waved. And the first thing, my grandfather, Irving, do you know that man? He just waved at me. <laughs> he was shocked. He was really shocked. Uh, sorry, Dad. People are friendly down here. <laughs> yeah. My grandfather used to honk and wave. Oh, give him a honk and wave. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, it's a long way to Dublin from Albany here today. Yeah. yeah. Got time. <laughs> did he do, does he do that to everybody? Because like I honk when I leave my parents' house. All my Jordan also makes fun of me for that. Does nobody else do that? I would make fun of you for that. I honk all the time just to say bye. Like, no, is that not a thing? I don't. I get nervous that people can't read my tone of honking. Exactly. That's right, me too. There are some yeah. angry. Yeah. Ones. Being from the south, my wife is definitely afraid to use the horn. She used the horn. She is angry right and is, afraid, and is afraid you can't see the correct amount of fingers she is holding up and she, well, and she doesn't do it very often but it's a sudden thing to go like oh i don't want to do it but it's we went to new york uh, last year for our uh, oh, anniversary and we came back and i was just like mmm, mmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't drop at all all you do is take ubers there and yeah. so you know whatever a cab and we got back and i was like why am I using my horns? And nobody used their horn here. <laughs> uh, but it took about two weeks for it to wear off and for my foot to dial it back about seven miles an hour. Well, what sure. is Seinfeld who said they should make a horn that's just like... <clears throat> yes! <laughs> <laughs> the suggestion. That would like, be the southern horn. You've been yeah. at the green light a little bit too long. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I, my thing about the south, I, I just love the south. I've, I've been around the country and stuff like that. You know, I spent a day in New York City and that was enough for me and I came back to the the country but um no i think the characters uh it's not um it's not vanilla in the south you never know around every corner what kind of person you're going to get and i, I love talking to, we've talked about this on the podcast i love talking to strangers i love meeting people yard think, sales yard sales yeah well, you and, did talk about that a long time the, that episode i listened to it's <laughs> a lot of yard sale talk yeah. <laughs> but i thought sales. about yard sales in a new way i will never think about them the same again you can right. meet i mean in the south you have the, the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor but they all have a common connection of being southern that brings us all together and there's a certain mannerism that we all share there's a certain uh, morality that we all share for the most part nowadays, I don't know. Even um, if you agree to disagree. Yeah, even if you agree to disagree. You understand the morality. Exactly. And um, I think that's why I love Flannery O'Connor so much, because she really kind of put it in a bubble and analyzed it through yeah. her oh, yeah. and stuff. And I love that. So, um, But, yeah, we can talk all day about it. But, Trey, your answers to things are always so much more eloquent. And I was going to say Dinner is my favorite thing. Dinner. Every Sunday, um, and my family's Southern, but nowhere near my wife's family. 
is incredible. I mean, they have chickens and they live in like a residential neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, but every Sunday at lunch, it's dinner. Every Sunday. You yeah. don't miss. And like, I, I miss. Hey, hey, where are you at last week? And it's each So, yeah. um, and it's the, it's always like a like Thanksgiving meal. Every yeah. Sunday. I'm I eating think, three veggies. I think the <laughs> South, to nerd this up a little bit, really, the South is the kind of hidden oasis leftover thing of America. And we, you know, we're the. We're the hobbits of, of Middle Earth. You know what I mean? We're the Shire. We're the leftover Shire to me. We're the last space of greenery to me that you can just come and breathe the fresh air. Although Seattle was, they had some fresh air there. But, um, but how lucky are we to be in, we're we're a part of the movement, the generation of people that are proud to be Southern. Oh, I know. Yeah. But it is happening. We're not the only ones, for sure. We're just yeah. the ones to say it that don't sound, uh, ignorance not the word, we just don't sound one-sided with it. We're like, no, 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 we've got a reason. And yeah, it's because dinner's not supper. Yeah. And, you know, and breakfast is big. So this is why you don't like Neil Young. I got it. I got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's, and well, <laughs> I, mean, that's I, just I just like people that have good voices. Oh. oh. Fair. Yeah. No, so I talked about it when I said I did When I disagreed, I said, the guy's songwriting. I've, I didn't, you know, oh, man. One of the most controversial shows was when we all named our top five top five artists we hate. Was, yeah. Ooh, that was bad. And we then didn't do it on purpose. The day after Prince died, Jason names Prince. Prince. <laughs> but but out of respect. Out of respect. I, I, moved, I moved it back. No, I just said I never got. Mine was more like less bands I hate. The top two are like people I hate. Um, <laughs> Neil Young, Phil Collins. But, uh, just so you know. I'm with you on Phil Collins. So, but, no, Prince was more like, this is music I couldn't get into. Uh, yeah, and their list was topped with Pink Floyd, Metallica, and Prince happened to be up there. It doesn't make sense to everybody. It has nothing to do with anything Prince stood for. I respect him as a musician. Just, it's not me. I never I never drove on the road and, you know, turned up dubs from a dubstar or whatever. I just, it's not me. But I, I grew up on a very... Uh, my mom listened to like Statler Brothers, mm. yeah, and then like whatever was playing at the Silver Dollar Diner on the little fifties jukebox. Did you put a quarter in, you know what I mean? And now they're bubblegum machines because nobody pays for those little records anymore. Anyhow, um, yeah, she listened to that. You know, like itsy yeah. bitsy teeny weeny hello polka dot machine. Yeah, she wore for the first time today. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's so I was at you know people and duets and quartets and that, that's what I grew up with. So. For me, that's why Motown is so powerful for me, and why when I do hear Blue Eyed Soul or uh, you know Neo Soul or anything like that, it really is still very close to me. That's why I do not like Neil Young. I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. we had a similar question for y'all. Um, why Thomasville? Easy for me. Yeah. Uh, I live in Tallahassee, and last summer I needed a job, and yeah. now I'm here, <laughs> well, and I'm so like glad it? to be here. <laughs> you, you, there's another store. So the bookshelf had a location in Tallahassee, oh, okay. and I managed that for a year. Um, I quit my like normal job as a writer and editor and managed the bookshelf Tallahassee before it closed, and they offered me the opportunity to buy the bookshelf Thomasville. So that was three years ago, last month, and or in May. Yeah. Um, and so we moved to, when we took over the bookstore. It quickly became apparent it's important to live here. Um, yeah. When you own a business here, it's important to live here. Community-wise? Community-wise, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but also, logistically, <laughs> um, yeah, sure. the hours are weird. <laughs> and so, 
you know, it wasn't a terrible, it's not a terrible drive. We go to Tallahassee all the time. Jordan still works there, but I my, still live there. Yeah, he lived there, <laughs> but it's just the hours at the bookshelf or when you own your own business are really different. And so logistically it became apparent we needed to live here and community wise. Um, we realized we had bought not just a business, but we were buying into a community. Yeah. Um, and so it took us about six months, but um, we bought this house and now I can, when it's not 90 degrees, walk to work. Um, <laughs> you know, Thomasville, truthfully, without the bookshelf, I don't know if I would be in Thomasville. Um, I grew up in Tallahassee. Jordan is from Birmingham. I, we went to school in Montgomery. I feel like we could live any number of places and be pretty happy. And when Jordan graduated law school, we looked at a lot of different options. Um, but three years in, moving into year four, I, I do, Thomasville has grown on me. And there are hard things about it. I mean, when you're not from a community, a small community in particular, I think it can be hard to find your place and to find your people. Um, you know, everybody, somebody made a joke when they walked in here, how's your mom and daddy? Like, that, <laughs> here. <laughs> That's such a solo. Well, and I remember, and I tell the story, and, you know, it's nothing against Thomasville, but when I very first started working at the bookshelf Thomasville, I introduced myself as the new owner of the bookstore to a customer, and she said, oh, where are you from? And I said, oh, I'm local. I'm from Tallahassee. And she said, oh, local. no, that's not local. And I thought, uh-oh. Like, uh-oh. Yeah, uh, yeah. which is hilarious. <laughs> like, uh, no, <laughs> I grew up in Tallahassee. That is not the big city. Um, <laughs> but but you quickly realize there's a difference when you cross that line, that state line. There's a difference. And I am proud of where I grew up, and I think I grew up somewhat southern, but I went to college in Montgomery, and I knew immediately, oh, this is not how I grew up. Like, this is a very different kind of South. Alabama is a very different kind of South from Georgia to me. Um, and so there, there were all kinds of – oh, I'd love to talk about that because I have opinions about that. Um, but there, there – so there are all kinds of things that make it different. But when we bought a house here, I did realize that the community then kind of bought into us a little bit better too because I think they knew we're not – we're hopefully here to stay. The goal, yeah, the goal is to stay here, um, <laughs> and that's scary some, some days. Um, just because owning your own business is scary sometimes. Um, but the goal was to come here and to build a life here. And so, um, we we love the community and we love how much the community cares. Um, sometimes that it can be hard to break in, but I think once once they buy into you you kind of start to feel like, okay, this can be home. Annie B. Jones, not Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> 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 Tallahassee is like metropolitan compared to anywhere. Oh, absolutely. Well, and what I say, it's not just, because it still doesn't feel metropolitan to me, but you've got, it's Tallahassee is super weird because it's got state government. It's got a couple of major universities. Um, we A girl here in Thomasville teases because you've got, the state government population, you've got the ladies who lunch in like their Lily Pulitzer, and you've got um, you've got quirky, weird college kids. So it's just like, but I liked growing up there. Like I, I liked that it was weird and different. And then I moved to Alabama and that was weird and different in another way. And then this has been weird and different in, a, in another way. And Thomasville is different from Albany. Like Thomasville is a unique Southern experience that I truthfully did not know existed. Jordan teases and calls it the Downton Abbey of the South. And so, <laughs> that's pretty close. And that sometimes... Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, think, I think that that's accurate. Um, yeah. And so there have been all kinds of adjustments for that, but but we do we do like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm glad to be a part of it, even though I 
do not live here. <laughs> but you get I'm to here. see a lot of it. I get to see a lot of it. And <laughs> you see a lot when you run a business. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Lots of quirky characters. When your year of working at the bookshelf, do you feel like you've become more of a member of Thomasville community a little bit? Um, or is it in some sense, I don't think I'm here enough for that to be true. I'm here two days a week. It's different than Roots, for sure. I could see that now that you've planted it. Yeah. But I mean, even like I'm moving into year five of living in Tallahassee, which is crazy to me. Um, and it took me a long time to adjust even to living there. Um, and I like it now. I've grown to really like it. Um, but it's not home for me at all. And all of this feels very different and far away. I'm from South Florida. Um, which is just not the same. <laughs> no, I, 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 I had this discussion the other day with somebody talking about North Florida, Middle Florida, and South Florida. Totally oh, different. so different. Way and like different. my family's Southern, like my grandparents are from Arkansas, but that's a very different South mm-hmm. than Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm still getting used to things, um, but I am happy to be a part of it. You know, I, if, you, if you look on the map of the United States and look at Thomasville or Albany, and you've never been there. It has to be like, oh, that is the south. That's about south of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, and I think, so Chris works a couple days a week, and he texted me the other day because he worked on a day he doesn't normally work. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, well, who are you? Are you new? And it was like, nope, he's worked here a year. Um, <laughs> but that, that's Thomasville because you get your regulars, and they're kind yep. of used to seeing your faces. And I remember one guy pretty recently was like, Annie, you're never in the store anymore. And I was like, here every day, but I'm in the office paying bills, so you just can't see me. Um, so that is something really fun about Thomasville is that they kind of own the store too. Like the store yeah. is theirs, um, and because of them, the store exists. So you know, any story we tell, I mean, I am grateful to Thomasville absolutely um, because they have given me a job. I, I've noticed about Thomasville that people that live in Thomasville love Thomasville in a way that isn't the same with all. Oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. get a lot of like, man, can't wait to get out of Oh, Albany. people now, are we're, proud of Thomasville. Yeah, we love all. I mean, I love Albany. I love living there. But yeah, the people in Thomasville are very, very pro. Yeah. It's very akin to Savannah. I used to live in Savannah, and Trey's got roots in Savannah. It's very, I live downtown Savannah near Forsyth, and I worked, it was, I was a lot younger, worked at a bagel shop downtown, and I'd walk to work. And after a few months, uh, it's pretty much you see the regulars. You yeah. see so and so, you know, they're going to be walking their dog, and hey, Mr. Johnson, how y'all doing? And, yeah. You know, how's your grandmama's hip and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and it it just it gets in your soul and it's infectious. And before you know it, twenty years go by and you're that person. That's you know? the thing. Right. I think it's that sense of rootedness for yeah. sure. Yeah. Because a lot of people here too, their families have lived here forever, and then they have come back after college or whatever. Um, and so I think, and Thomasville really loves Thomasville. Uh, Chris jokes all the time. There's he's never seen a town with so many publications about itself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I love the like the self conscious. Yeah. There are so many though. Yeah. And I, I'm not well versed enough in those magazines to tell you how much overlap they have, but I don't think they have that much overlap. They're the best looking magazines. <laughs> they're, yeah, all they're all beautiful. Also, they're all gorgeous. Yeah. So, yeah. Somebody has got the this the little spot of the south right now because Albany, America, Sumter County, Tallahassee as well, their magazines. And Tallahassee are magazines out. are yeah. great too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, where I'm working at now has a store in Tallahassee and that uh, so I do some marketing with them and they are beautiful. Uh, but I get crossed over and they're like, what about Thomas County? I'm like, eh, we do, we, I mean, we can market, but I was like, that's oh, a little bit out for us. Tip yeah. and then that stuff's a little bit closer. But uh, that is that is uh, extremely, that's funny. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to thank y'all for having us 
Oh, we can't we Y'all? can't leave without talking about. So I was doing some research. I'm okay. Sorry. Okay. okay. No, 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 I forgot. Oh, Pull it back. <laughs> trying to get ready for this. I like uh, that you researched. Because so, I was talking to. I mean, we're we're nervous when we meet new people. Sure. We're not sure. Really sure. We're talking about. So Trey, I was like, I think this guy is a little bit of a Dylan head. I couldn't figure out. A little bit. Yeah, and I was like, this is wild. So, and, and but then I'm reading your blog. And I read the first blog I read, Annie. Oh, uh, was it our store blog? One of the ones that say, hey guys, I'm taking some time off because I really just don't have time to do the blog anymore. Oh, this That's is what my I read. Personal, personal blog. So I went down All right. your personal blog. <laughs> Great. Uh-oh. <laughs> I had previous until I almost got it previous again. All right. And I have to tell you a quick story. Okay. So I have some friends that got married in Brunswick, and when they did, she loves Christmas carols so much mm-hmm. that she walked down the aisle to Silent Night and left to, uh, these are a few of our favorite things. Yeah. Um, So I was reading about it. Do you love Christmas carols that much? Or is this just a time in your life where you're saying it? You mentioned Christmas carols in at least five Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) One of them was June. It was like a June one. I was like, shoot. I'm trying to think if this is my per. I have no idea. My friends and I talk about this all the time. Like, if you're, when you're in a writing workshop and somebody can see all of your writing at once. They see themes that you don't see. They see themes that you don't see. Christmas carols are your thing and we didn't even know. Oh my gosh. Now I'm going to have to go back through. No. It is. Well, no, because I was like, where is this story going? Oh my gosh. What Christmas carols? You didn't name one. You just said <laughs> just, broad just, brush Christmas just carols. Just Christmas carols. No, like, we walked down the aisle to Eye of the Tiger, so really? awesome. my husband did. We yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your husband did. Yeah, <laughs> to, uh, in the back Well no, because he's an Auburn fan and all the men walked down to Eye of the Tiger. Uh um, I, we don't get that. I know, I see the hat. I'm sorry. Um I have no idea. And now I'm going to have to go through my blog and try to figure out that, what is no, this about don't. myself. I'm just glad. I, mean, I just thought, I was like, if this is really that big of a deal. I would have gonna... loved to have had a house full of Santa, like those people that have Santa in their house year round, and you would have thought it was like a quirk of mine, but yeah. no, I got nothing. I don't know anything about What if you just got one Santa and dressed him in seasonal clothes? <laughs> Maybe season, that's what yeah, I should have done. Didn't he, yeah, he just like, kind of like a decent. Christmas yeah, carols are my thing. Who knew? Who I don't knew? even. At Christmas time, when we play them in you the get store, really tired of them so. Yeah, quickly. I'm always like, sorry guys, we have to start playing these for the week before Thanksgiving now. <laughs> so <laughs> work in retail, I had Muzak that played all the time, and every year it was right at Thanksgiving, <laughs> and the first song that let me knew that it was just an old slot of terrible poppy like. Right. I yeah. mean, I love Mariah Carey's version. If you're about to say Wham. No, 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 no. <laughs> I love that song. I do too. <laughs> when when Tom Petty comes over the speaker, oh, it's Christmas. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> you're right. It does come, I feel like Christmas comes around a lot faster than it did. Every year. Yeah, because of retail. But uh, I have no, I'm so sorry that I have no great answer for you. I, I, I got nothing. Like, yeah, I feel like I did a pretty good job last year making a, like. But Chris is, makes our playlist. Like, non-abrasive. Christmas playlist. But even the non-abrasive ones by December 31st, you're like, please turn it off. Oh, <laughs> by December stop. 14th. <laughs> please stop. Um, We're done. But, oh, I made a playlist. I forgot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, we did a little something special for you. Yeah. Or Trey did. Yeah. I made a playlist that features nothing but book songs and songs about books. We'll email it to you. Oh, how please fun. Yeah. What does it's, it have on it? Stuff like this. 
Bill and Sebastian on there. This is it like a Decemberist, like a Milo Goldberg kind of there's thing. There's like probably yeah. some. And there, yeah, there's classics in there, there like um, Don't Stand So Close to Me. Yeah, he mentioned Nabokov. Fun. R.E.M. had that song. I'm into it. I'm into it. Wow, we got nothing for you guys. No. If it makes any difference, I didn't contribute to this list at all. This would be great, though. It was just us. We all bring our things that you do the yeah, you brought the techie part. Place. We yeah. literally did stuffing. nothing. Uh, here's my house. <laughs> Welcome to my house. <laughs> okay, so you did that. <laughs> I did not. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, say, I say, before we get on, you say your last thing, we got to hit up first Friday for four seconds. For, uh, second of all, we didn't talk about this. Me and Trey, and Robbie's a musician too. We're musicians on the side, and we have a gig tonight in uh, back home in Albany. I told him, I was like, we got a podcast, and we're not going to be able to show up until about 10 o'clock. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> oh, whatever, and we make up a name for the group every time we do it. Yeah, it's a different name. Tonight's the Almond Butters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's gonna, yeah, it'll be, it'll be uh, fantastic. But, um, That's uh, fun. W- one other thing that I love uh, about the South is when you get done eating, I don't know how you learn. You know when you first learn the prayer, even if you're not Baptist, that God is great, God is good. Mm-hmm. Listen, yeah. Yeah. That's one the kids know what So My little nephew still says, let us, uh, wait. Thank you, lettuce, for our food. I swear <laughs> to God, lettuce, yeah. um, But when you get that, that's eating, what I call you always say in the South, you go, oh my gosh, Annie, I enjoyed it so much. And you say, glad you did. Yeah, you're right. Glad what you is did. It? I'm glad you did. I enjoyed it. Glad you did. Glad you did. I don't know what that you're is. You're right. And that was my I'm glad. second favorite thing about the South. I'm sorry. I'm glad you did. And usually you're walking out with two guys. So anyhow, what yeah. I was going to say is... Um, we have enjoyed this so much. So glad yeah. you did. Glad you did. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs>